0: You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Oh. You know what it is. Speed's a spitting statistician. The South South Bra. Let's Let's the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Fantasy. Freestyle.
1: You know what it is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. the and Statistician, a.k.a. the Stable Genius and Vocal Minority, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Sports Grid Network, episode number 438, the 438th convening of the Stats Over Beat Cypher, where we help you win your leagues and win that cash. I do represent the South-South Bronx. I represent all sorts of things. Now, as you know, I wasn't in here last week. I am back now, maybe looking a little bit different. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Listen, we got a lot to talk about. In my stead, my man Alex Fasano was down there in the pit of misery. And quite frankly, in this episode, we are going to get all caught up together. We're going to talk about the big-time takeaways, the winners and losers from the NFL Combine last week. Okay? We will update you on what you need to know for the XFL moving into week 5 some trends have held true we'll talk about that i also have a couple of interesting stories that you know are similar to me in the vein of you know sports investors sports bettors need to really chill the f out okay you'll win some you'll lose some and when you lose the right thing to do is not necessarily go ahead and troll the athletes or threaten the athletes that were in that game this is starting to become a thing. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. My guys down in the pit, we will also be updating what's going on with the cheating scandal in Major League Baseball, the Houston Astros, the Buzzers. As you know, I'm all about hashtag Buzz Altuve and the like. And then, yes, we will share a little bit of where I was last for the last week, week and a half. I was down in Jamaica. You may notice a little bit different. We got something on that finger right there. So we'll talk about that as well so we got a lot to get to and of course we've got a poll question up for sure all right and that poll question is what are you what are you learning from the nfl combine you know, we talk about it all the time. The Wonderlick test, the bench press, the 40, the shuttle run. Does it really matter? Do the interviews matter to teams? Does it matter what they look like in gym shorts and tank tops? We'll find out. But right now, we go back down to the pit where my man Alex Fasano gets you caught up in everything here from Grid. Come on back.
0: Sports Grid
2: News Update. Welcome back the spittin' statistician, Dane Martinez. I am Alex Fasano here with your Sports Grid news update on the Fantasy Freestyle. In the association, Golden State Warriors guard Stephen Curry will return Thursday against the Toronto Raptors. He missed more than four months while recovering from a broken left hand. The two-time MVP tweeted his excitement about rejoining Golden State after missing the previous
0: 58
2: games. Curry, who is 31 years old, suffered the injury on October 30th when Phoenix Suns center Aaron Baines fell on Curry's hand after a collision under the basket. Curry underwent two surgeries to repair the fracture. Here is a quote from head coach Steve Kerr. This has been a long, long haul for Steph. He loves playing so much. I'm happy for us. I'm happy for our fans, but I'm happiest for Steph. In Major League Baseball, the Boston Red Sox starter, Chris Sale, he is not expected to undergo Tommy John surgery. Sale's elbow injury is still a concern, and it's unknown for how long the left-hander will be sidelined. However, the surgery would have ended his season before it even began. As the Red Sox pondered Sale's future, they gathered several medical opinions. Interim manager Ron Renneke told reporters earlier on Wednesday that the team was still waiting to hear from renowned surgeon, Dr. Neil Altrasse. And sticking with the association, last night we saw some great games. The Mavericks took down the Pelicans 127 to 123 in overtime. It was Luka versus Zion, but it was KP Kristaps Porzingis leading the way. 34 points, 12 rebounds. Nice double double for him. Lonzo Ball on the other side for the Pelicans. Nice double double. 25 points, 11 rebounds. We also saw the Trailblazers take down the Wizards 125 to 104. Hassan Whiteside led the way for the Blazers. 24 points, 16 rebounds. Bradley Beal for the Wizards led the Away with 29 points and six rebounds you got a full slate of nhl nba and college hoops tonight let's look at the hockey league because well my isles will be going to ottawa to take on the senators isles are goal and a half favorite the total is five and a half we also got the capitals visiting the new york rangers in madison square garden the capitals are your goal and a half favorite the total is six and a half and why not the dallas stars taking on the nashville predators stars are your goal and a half favorite. The total is five and a half. I'm Alex Fasano, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to Dane Martinez on the Fantasy Freestyle.
1: Thanks a lot, Alex. Uh, We're back here in Studio 34, making it happen. As I mentioned before, we got a poll question up right now on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds. How much do you learn from the NFL Combine, right? Does it really matter? Do you now know who your team wants to draft? who you want them to draft, who you think you want to draft in fantasy. Does it help a little bit or is it absolutely nothing? I'll tell you right now, over two-thirds of you think that is what it is. Alex mentioned a couple of updates. You know I've been gone for a little while. But two things that I've heard over the last 24 hours that I wanted to mention real quick. One, yesterday Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had a phone call, had a meeting, whatever it was. And reports are that it did not go well. Okay, and I think listen, people—the writing is on the wall. They're just being coy about it, kind of similar to Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston. All right, I think they are just you know waiting until the new league year starts, right? And then they're gonna go ahead and announce that yeah, he's out there, or the Bucks will announce yeah, they're not gonna go and look to retain Jameis Winston. It is very, very interesting. There have been rumblings for years now that these guys didn't necessarily wrong, get along in New England. I'm talking about. Right There was that big piece, the the, the trainer Alex Guerrero, TB12, and the gyms were all involved. But winning is a great deodorant. Winning changes a lot of things. Just go ask Charlie Sheen, for goodness sakes, right? But then, all of a sudden, they're not winning anymore. That's when you're starting to hear the cracks, and to be quite frank... You know, there were odds up before around where would these quarterbacks play. And the Tom Brady odds, you know, continue to change a little bit. They really, really do. And now, listen, I hear Tennessee. I hear the Chargers. I hear the Vegas Raiders. And that's why Alex and I were doing that kind of quarterback merry-go-round with you guys over the last couple of weeks to see where they may fall. Because if he goes to Tennessee, what does that mean for Mariota and Tannehill? If he winds up with the Vegas Raiders, what does that mean for Derek Carr? But what is interesting is that I believe these dominoes will start to fall in the next couple of weeks as the new league year approaches. But the writing is on the wall, in my opinion. It looks like Tom Brady may, in fact, go elsewhere, that it's uh, finally time to move on. What will the Patriots do? Would they look at a guy like, oh, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett? Who may not have a starting job if Philip Rivers winds up on the merry-go-round. These are things we have to know. The other thing that may in fact you'll get news on at the start of this next league year is the fact that the NFL is looks like they're going to ratify a new CBA possibly, okay? The collective bargaining agreement. You've heard everything from, you know, the idea of the second buy to the playoff format being seven teams to the games out there in London that we appreciate. But here's a little bit of that we haven't talked about too much with this new CBA. Alex, and I don't know if you've heard this, but they're saying in the new CBA, the substance abuse policy is going to change Mm. in the NFL, making it clear no player will ever be suspended again for a positive drug test, drug in this case being marijuana. Now I ask you, Fasano, what do you think Josh Gordon is doing right about now?
2: (laughs) Dude, am I allowed to say it on air? I mean, yeah,
1: you can say it on air, but here's the thing. Honestly, that man has had thousands, if not millions of dollars, you know, in fines and suspensions a whole year, right? We were just uh, talking about the Browns linemen a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, Chantrell Henderson, a lineman for the Bills. You know, you were getting suspended as long for weed as you were for punching your wife or wearing cleats that were not, you know— deemed designer and fashionably appropriate. I think it's ridiculous, but it sounds like they are going to change this now and kind of remove some of the penalties for the drug testing. I think it's a good step in the right direction, especially when, you know, 20-some-odd states have it legal. What do you think Josh Gordon's thinking right about now, Alex?
2: I'm thinking he definitely has another opportunity to come into the league. I mean, he's saying to himself, I've only been suspended for marijuana abuse, and if it's going to be pushed aside, then what's stopping you guys from letting me play? Yeah. But if you think at it from, like, the player's perspective – is this enough to be like, all right, we're gonna throw our bodies out there for another game, another you know, extra week in the playoffs? Is that enough to be like, hey, right. give us the, the marijuana policy, and we'll we'll throw our bodies out there on the line? It helps their injury, I guess, sure, uh, prevention. Right. Uh, to you got to give something to get something, exactly. though, Alex. You, you know, got to give something is, to get is something. It it something in these negotiations, for the right. Players, you know what I mean? Is that enough to them saying, huh? I guess the league's giving us a little something, something, but. I don't know. It's going to come down to their health versus is this going to help it?
1: Absolutely. Well, keep your eye out on that. As they talk about the new CBA, there are a lot of factors in there, everything from revenue sharing to TV to the 17th game to the buys to the London to the policy on marijuana. So we want to keep an eye out on that. I also was telling you guys, listen, there was a a Baylor basketball game at this point about a month ago, all right, where um, a guy named Macy Oteagues, all right, he's like an eighty-seven percent free throw shooter. They're at Baylor, you know, one of the top teams in the country, they won this game by uh they won this game by five, but they were favored by six. Okay. And Macy O'Teague starts getting death threats, starts getting social media hate. Okay. And, you know, the, the head coach starts coming out talking about this and this idea of what they are going to have to face. You know, I mean, he's getting and 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 the the quotes here in some of these articles are saying that he was getting, you know, people venmoing him asking for money back because he missed those two free throws, right? And he's saying he didn't even know what a spread was. He was like he won the game. He thought this would be good. But that's not the worst of it. When we come back, we're going to talk about another guy who was literally be going after something like 300 different players in college, in the pros over in Europe on soccer. And the man got arrested. We're going to talk about this. And I want to find out, Alex, where is the line for you between heckling, trolling, what's appropriate, what's legal, and what's not? We'll get into that. And then the big-time takeaways from the NFL Combine, the XFL, and more. Your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, is back. They're playing, you know, thematic music for me. But come on back. It's the fantasy freestyle. Ya tu
0: sabe. We back in a chair. DailyRoto.com.
1: Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Sports Grid Network. Your man Speeds the Spitting Statistician back from Jamaica, man. You know what I mean? Came back with a little piece of jewelry as well. But I was talking about it before, you know, and you heard it, you heard it in the commercial break, okay? My man Gabe Morrency talking about it as well. I was talking about this Baylor game a couple of weeks back where Macy Oteague, you know, and he says, and I quote, it can really affect the mental health of some players. I'm an older guy, so it doesn't really affect me. But we've got younger guys like Jared and Jordan. They're 18 and 19 years old. That might get under their skin if they see that on their Instagram. It may affect them, and who knows? It could force even some guys to give up basketball. I'm glad they did it to me, a stronger, older person. It could have really affected someone else. This is a guy playing college for, basket, uh, for Baylor. Did not even know what a point spread was. His team won the game. They just didn't cover. Okay, And he was getting the vile, the vitriol that we are now seeing as commonplace. Alex, I want to ask you because, you know, you're a millennial, right? And so I I, kind of try to compare it to if I'm at a stadium, I can scream out almost whatever I want, right? So what is the difference, in your opinion, between maybe a guy getting heckled at the arena and this kind of social media trolling that is going on right now fueled, I guess, by the stakes and the investment raised by sports betting.
2: I think my personal take on this whole thing, Yeah. if you're at a sporting event, basketball, yeah. soccer, baseball, whatever you want to be at, you can go as far as taking it to the player based on their skill. Okay. So you can go, oh, you're the worst first baseman I've ever seen. You have okay. no hands. you got no handles. You're, right. Your footwork is terrible. Listen right. That. The second you bet personal about family. So, or, like, for example, Alex. So, for like example. That. Go ahead.
1: Your throat will be severed open with a dull knife. Is <laughs> uh, that past the line? I think, I think that's a little past the line. That's past the line. Okay. The line. Um, your entire family will be beheaded and burned alive.
2: Uh, just a little behind. Okay. A little the line. Okay.
1: I will enter your home as you sleep and kill you.
2: Just a little past the line.
1: Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I don't know where the line is. Right. I I don't know where the line is, but I mentioned these because, you know, you've probably heard the story by now. Gabe was talking about it on the commercial. I I threw out the Baylor thing as an example. But these things are continuing. Right. And so 23 year old New Yorker, a guy named Ben Pats, a.k.a. Parlay Pats. Right. He's got something like hundreds of social media accounts and is hitting up all sorts of players with this stuff. Like I said, severing your throat with a dull knife. Right. And here's the funny part. Here's the funny part, Alex. I don't know if it's funny, but here's the interesting part to me. This guy hit a 10-team parlay back in December for $1.1 million. So <laughs> what does he have to complain about if he's missing a bet here or there? He just had a, he hit a 10-teamer three months ago for $1.1 million, effing, Alex. You don't think that would subside some of the hate?
2: How do they not find the guy? I know. Like, after the minute you, you, fu- you win a million dollars, don't they swarm you and try to find out more about you? Word up. And, and he did like, have
1: his little 15 moments of fame. I guess, but, but then they started <laughs> tracking this. And, you know, he, he, he went hard on Julian Edelman mm-hmm. over the playoffs. And here's Gronkowski. the thing. Gronkowski. And you're talking about it, you know, he was going after their wives and girlfriends and their kids as well. You know, and, and in my younger non-married days, I, I said some nonsense. In the stands. I said some stuff that I'm not pleased with now, you know. But I I wonder do you think it is a different standard? Because I believe, you know, people, these trolls, they hide behind the computer also. You know, and I believe, like when I was doing this back in the day, I was at least right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and they saw me. Everyone in the section saw me. These guys that are not hiding behind the internet or hiding behind their handles, I think is even more weak, Alex. You know, it's
2: a generational thing. It thing. is. I
1: mean, look at look at. That's what why I'm today. asking you about it. Absolutely.
2: You know, you know I, I'm never one to to, to go behind a, a screen and, and do sure. that. You know, I'm, I'm right there with you. You're gonna say something. You, you stand up and you you, you pump exactly. your chest and you say it eye to eye, face to face, like a, like a man. Yeah. But I or mean, a woman. Or, or a woman. Or a woman, absolutely. Or whatever. Whatever the sure, case is. Sure, sure. Um, but you're, you're right. It's just it's easier nowadays. A yeah. phone, you know, uh, even uh, a buzzer in, in the jersey. Yeah, yeah, you know? Little things like that uh, to cheat the system, whether so, it be against the game or against players. It's, just, it's, it's kind of disrespectful and a little disgusting. It
1: is. But here's the other thing, because I read some of this article, not the, not the one about this guy, the 23-year-old New Yorker, but back, the Baylor kid, you know. Um, their head coach is um, Scott Drew. You remember his son, Bryce Drew, you know, from Valpo with the big shot back in the day about 10, 20 years ago at this point. But, right, he also said this, though. Players are dealing with mental illness and anxiety these days, and now they have more issues to deal with than ever before. Trust me, college players weren't dealing with anything like this 10 or 20 years ago. Now, slow down, though, okay? Because I think... This is part and parcel of being an athlete. Whether it's the college level, maybe, okay, you should get a pass. But at the pro level, like, I don't care if players are dealing with mental illness and anxiety. Oh, boo-hoo. Isn't this part of it, though? I understand we're not going over the line talking about children, family, blunt sure, knives and sure. whatnot. But isn't it part of the game to get heckled? You know what you're getting into. The second that's you what I'm saying. Out, so, I'm like, oh, we courts. have to be gentle exactly. with these kids. Yeah. I don't know if I'm all the way there yet either, though, Alex. You know what I mean? To me, that's part of millennial softness, and part, these trolls are just shook and hiding behind the computer. I think it really should be something
2: in the middle. Well, yeah. Right? Like, like There's one thing being a troll, and there's another thing of being disgusting and disrespectful and, right. and inhumane.
1: I like being witty. That's the best kind. I like being that's witty. Best, that's
2: the best kind. You know,
1: and so how, how can you do that you know, in a way that seven-year-olds around you or the internet doesn't understand what you're saying or just kind of laughs at it being, you know, disruptive without disrespectful. That's what I'm going for, you know, so we will see. I just think it's very interesting, but listen, I deal with trolls all the time. As you guys know, if you've been on this network, you have seen and heard the vitriol, and I just think you know, especially in this climate that we're in, we all need to take a damn chill pill, okay? And especially this dude. I mean, my man just is coming off a $1.1 million win, and now he's facing five years in prison for some of this nonsense that he's putting online. And quite frankly, I am completely cool with it. All right, we do want to move on to what is actually happening on the field. And Alex, you know, you know, uh, after the Super Bowl, you know, we have a little XFL but the NFL is starting to come back into focus with the new league year happening. We're going to see where this free agent quarterback carousel that we have been talking about, you know, where that pops off. But the other thing that really happened since I was gone, since the last convening of the Stats overbeat Cypher, is the NFL Combine, Alex. You know, and this is always interesting to me because, you know, you run them out there in shorts and and. and Under Armour, right? And they're doing their bench press, and they're doing their 40 times. Nobody had a chance to win an island this year Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But the first thing I want to ask you, and we have the poll question up, because right now, Alex, you know, like 70-some-odd percent, like two-thirds of the people believe that you learn absolutely nothing from the Combine. Do you agree with that, or are there certain things you can Learn, like maybe the teams are more interested in the in- interviews they have, not the wonderlick test, but the interviews they have to see if they'll mesh as a culture fit, you know, or are there any of the drills out there where you're like, eh, this can actually tell me something about their skills?
2: I think what you just said right there, uh, based on like the, the, the interviews and whatnot, I think nowadays, because we've seen it every single year, oh, yeah. will this 40 dash be broken? No, but it's, right. it's essentially the same time and everybody's fast, everybody's skilled, you know, everybody going to the combine has the talent. Sure. You said it. Focusing on the interviews. Maybe coaches nowadays are going to start looking at character and how they portray themselves. You know, we've seen divas left and right in any sport take over the the media outlets and the news, and that's what floods timelines. How about the guy who stays humble and stays quiet and just wants to play football for the love of the game?
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Alex. I think this is less about if you put up a 4-3-3 or a 4-3-6. I think this is less about, if you put it up 25 or 27 times, I think it is less about, um, you know, your shuttle run. Although, obviously, because here's the thing. These scouts, they have months, if not years, of tape, right? And that tape is more than the snapshot of what you look like against no defenders in a controlled Mm -hmm. environment, right? But... What you can start to learn about people is, are these young men, and I mentioned this because the Baylor, you know, one of the Baylor kids, he just said, you know, these are 18 and 19-year-olds. What I think these teams get a better read on is, is this young man ready to be a professional, right? Because you have to prepare for it, right? So you should be dominating all the drills at the Combine because you're practicing for it. But when I get you up on the whiteboard, Can you process the information? When I ask you a weird question in an interview, do you exhibit leadership, can you handle it, or do you crack? The do you fail the drug test, which in essence is an idiot test because you know it's coming, <laughs> you know it's coming for months. So if you fail that, then I, you know, I know they may be changing it in the CBA, but I think it's a, you know, I think it's more of a test on can you are you ready to be a professional. And I thought there were some interesting things. We'll talk about it a little bit now. We'll continue on the other side of the break. But I have two th- um, stats that I thought were interesting when it comes to the the numbers that were out there. Right. The first is an offensive lineman from, named Tristan Wirfs, okay? This tackle out of Iowa. And I was talking about this guy a while back, okay? I thought this guy had some agility for a tackle, mobility for a tackle. I saw it on tape when he pulled around and was blocking dudes 20 yards downfield. But check this out, Alex. Tristan Wirfs did his vertical jump, okay? For context, AJ Green, 34 and a half inches, CD Lamb, wide receiver. 34 and a half inches. DeAndre Hopkins, 36 inches. Amari Cooper, 33 inches. These are wideouts mm-hmm. that you need to catch radius and extend, right? Tristan Wirf's, 36 and a half inches. Talk about athleticism yeah. right there. He is a guy that I think is going to be in the mix at the, when the Jets pick at like 10 or 11. This is a guy I want right now. And then you were talking about this also, right? For context, reps on the bench press. Rob Gronkowski, 23. Jadavion Clowney, 21. Chandler Jones, 22. Yeah, Alex. Then this uh, punter out of Arizona State, Michael Turk. Yeah, he put it up 25 times, yo. But here's my question. Does it matter if your punter is the most yoked guy in the weight room? I don't know. I don't think it does. I don't know, but th- I found those things interesting, Alex. When we come back on the other side of the break, I want to hear from you. What did you think were the biggest takeaways? Who are some people that were winners or losers at the Combine? We'll cover all this and what it means moving forward. We are back. It's Fantasy Freestyle. Me and the Stats overbeat Cypher in the pit. Dilly dilly, ya tu
0: sabe. You know what it is. DailyRoto.com. I'm a dog,
1: Welcome back. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. Episode 438 with the Spittin' Statistician right here on Sports Grid making it happen. Yo, Alex, people are lucky, man. After my wedding, I didn't have my voice for like three days, bro.
2: I expect um, you to come back here with like no voice. In I didn't the have a voice. Eye. I told
1: Mr. Sussman. Or feel this leader a couple of days ago. I was like, yo, man, I got about like half voice and I'm on air for like three, four hours on Thursday, but you know I'm coming to post. We always make it happen. We've been doing it here on Sports Grid for a while. So listen, Alex, we got this poll question up right now. 62% of people right now say the combine does absolutely nothing for them. 31% say it helps some. And 6% say I now know who I want. And I don't think it's absolutely nothing. As I mentioned, I think you get a read on the maturity and the professionalism on some players. You like, you know, it's almost an idiot test. You cannot do well, but you can certainly mess it up, sure. right? And then in some of the skills we talked about, it's funny that the punter, you know, was yoked up, you know, pounded out 24, uh, bench press, 25 bench presses. And and Tristan Wirfs is a guy that I was looking at, and I believe now what I saw. I also another thing you see, Alex, is the depth at certain positions. And I think this is very important, okay? There seems to be a good amount of offensive linemen in the first round, okay? I've seen a few that have been talked about. Worfs is not the only one, okay? So that's good if you are a team that is looking to build in the trenches. And I hope my Jets are. The other thing I saw, Alex, I've seen some mock drafts where my Jets, among others, are looking to go wide out in the first round. And correct me if I'm wrong Alex, but what I've seen is that the wide position wide receiver position is stacked coming out of this draft. I've seen reports that there may be as many as 20 wide receivers taken in the first couple of rounds of the draft coming up next month in April. And I think that makes sense, okay? I think that makes sense now because teams, it's a passing league we are moving into. You're running out three wide sets a lot. You need that slight that slot receiver. And, to be quite honest, because the free agency market this year at wideout is thin. You know, since I've been gone, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but it looks like the Bengals franchised A.J. Green. They were talking
2: about it, yes. They right? okay, were going to franchise him.
1: It looks like they are going to uh, franchise A.J. Green. I thought he was a guy that might be on the move. Amar, that would leave Amari Cooper as the next man up in the wide receiver market, but it seems like Dallas is going to do whatever they need to by hook or by crook to retain him. Then, what we're talking about, Alex, is... Like Robbie Anderson,
2: gonna say Robbie right? Anderson.
1: As like the top of the market, he's going to get offers, which means the Jets will probably not be competitive. But it looks like whether it's Henry Ruggs out of Alabama, whether it's Jerry Judy out of Alabama, whether it's a guy like Jefferson out of LSU or C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, it's there are options at the wide receiver position. Do you think any of these wide receivers really showed the skills to make you want to, I don't know, draft them at fantasy? We saw rookie wide receivers this year in fantasy make an impact.
2: My man Deontay Johnson over in Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson would be an example. My man A.J. Brown Brown, in
1: in, uh, Tennessee. D.K. Metcalf coming on late in the season with Seattle. I used to say that I don't like – the wide receiver in year one, because it takes them too Absolutely. long. I used to love the running backs in year one, but maybe with the passing league and the way schemes are coming to the NFL, people, you know, some of these rookie wideouts may need to be on some people's radar.
2: I think you're totally right in that one, but I mean, with the, you said it, like, the league is changing, Yep, we're all changing from, like, a, it's a passing league, it's explosive, the offense is all there, but I'm looking at all these top 40 times, and it's yeah. like, a lot of DBs, cornerbacks yes. are up here too. Safeties are, oh, you're seeing these players right. really shine in like the speed test specifically. Interesting. And what's the, you know, is it really that outlandish to expect maybe a corner will migrate to like a special teams no. uh, position or even, even like not. A, a slot receiver? Those are so, your
1: gunners okay. on punts. Those are, you know, your, your special teams coverage. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: That's why I think when it comes to these drafts and this combine specifically, teams go in, all right, we need this position, we need this position. But if we find a diamond in the rough yeah. at a totally outlandish position that we could mold and fit into our system, why wouldn't you take an advantage of that?
1: Right, absolutely. And, you know, we've been talking about the quarterback position um, as it relates to the merry-go-round and free agency. And now, you know, you don't know, maybe Jameis will be on it. We're hearing buzz about Tom Brady as well. We already know people like Phillip Rivers are probably moving on. You know, and there's we're, we've heard, though, that Cam may stay in Carolina. You know, we'll see as the dust settles over the next couple of weeks. But when we were talking then about the draft— Alex, remember, we talked about Tua. We talked about um, Justin Herbert, who I actually think is going to wind up with the Los Angeles Chargers, whether that's at the seven pick or if they trade up, you know, to try and hop Miami. But um, I'm now hearing a lot of buzz, Alex, about Jordan Love, okay, this kid out of Utah State. I have even heard comparisons to Patrick Mahomes of all people, which is probably a little bit too far (laughs) for me as you start laughing, I understand, right? Exactly. But When we look at some of these guys, Alex, Dak Prescott, third round, Russell Wilson, third round, you know, second round guys. It doesn't have to be the top names that we've heard about that we've profiled, whether that's the Joe Burrows of the world, the Tua's, the Herberts. You know, everyone from, like I say, a Jordan Love to a team that wants to take a chance on Jalen Hurts and actually have it be that kind of system with the mobile quarterback. There are going to be some fantasy viable quarterbacks out there as well.
2: And like we've been saying this whole time, like the combine itself. Right. I, I, for for the record, I voted. Uh, it helps some. Okay. Yeah, I believe it. I agree with that. Um, and to that point, I think the players take more uh pride in it. If anything, you know, they look at it. It's like, oh, I got a four five on on my tw- forty. They time. care about their Madden rating, Ex-
1: Alex. It's yeah, Their Madden rating. They
2: want. They want to be. They want to set a goal for themselves, essentially. So it's like, oh, if I get drafted, cool. Let me see if I can beat my own 40-time once I make yeah. like, a team. You yeah, know, it I, sets
1: I, the precedent, sets the bar, I that think kind that, of thing.
2: I think the combine's becoming more of a personal player, you know, motivator, if anything, sure. than a team utilizer, wep- like like as a weapon for a team to use, sort of thing.
1: That's fair, that's fair. And then also, you know, because we're here on the Fantasy Freestyle here on Sports Grid, we talk about what this means for some of the markets, right, in terms of some of the quarterback and the futures, that sort of thing. But at the running back position... And honestly, Alex, because when we talk about fantasy sports, the running back position, that's where rookie running backs can do work, okay? These are guys that are going to get drafted this year. Josh Jacobs helped people, right? You know, so um, the young running back can be a big piece. There are two guys that I want Stats Overbeat Cypher to keep an eye on. One is Cam Akers. Out of Florida State, Alex. This guy is a Minnie Mouse piece of nothing, but he can burn. And I think he can be that kind of pass-catching back in PPR formats that are very, very important. All right? And the next name I want you guys to know is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, okay? This guy, in my opinion, you're going to hear other backs. All right? You're going to hear names like J.K. Dobbins and others. You know, But I believe Jonathan Taylor... um, Proved himself to be the number one running back in this class out of Wisconsin. So we know a lot of running backs have come from there. Ran a very good forty. This guy is a bigger back, Alex. Okay, and he has he showed I think four three speed or four four speed four three,
2: four three nine. To there be you sense. go, he was right? The top running back in the class.
1: And they thought this guy was a bigger back, a three down back. But this is a guy who could carry the load like a Devin Singletary, like a you know Josh Jacobs from this rookie class of this year.
2: Totally fine. I, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's five ten, two twenty six. 226. Okay. Uh, he's got a uh, seventeen reps on the bench. That's press. a big frame. It's he's he's you're right. Very big frame. A seven second three cone drill. Like the guy is all around the field. And I think you're right. Jonathan Taylor is is someone we have to have to have to keep an eye on, especially because we're looking at running backs nowadays. Yeah. How how uh, I guess you, I don't want to use this word, but how disposable are they because of the injuries? Yeah, and, they are. You know, teams. Are I not mean, even, every
1: team is using a committee these exactly. days, right? Like there are very very Few teams that have the quote-unquote workhorse back anymore. mm -hmm. And I completely agree with you, okay? I I don't know. Maybe in in Carolina, in Dallas, with the Giants and the Jets, maybe one or two others around the NFL. Otherwise, they're going at it by committee. And so what I want to do is, you know, you got to look at the roles these guys will play. There are going to be some pass-catching backs, okay, that start slow, but then, You know, come on at the end of the season. Look at what Devin Singletary and Buffalo did towards the end of the season. Look at what Miles Sanders for Philadelphia did towards the end of the season, okay? So you want to keep an eye on these guys as uh, the draft buzz continues. What's up?
2: Um, We saw, like, you look like Derrick Henry, the big guy, powerhouse, dominated the league postseason. He was, like, the face of running backs, I want to say, towards the end of the season. Is the idea that running backs need to have hands becoming a necessity Like, are we seeing, like, obviously I just said, Derrick Henry, you know, took control of the playoffs. He was the power running back. That's what football is, power running. Are we going to see eventually the point where every running back has to be able to catch the ball?
1: I believe so. I believe so. But And here's the thing, though. To a point, right? Because the other thing we said previously, Alex, is that every team's going with a committee these days, right? And so it's fine if one member of the committee is that kind of third and one goal line in between the tackles guy, right? But I think more and more you need to be versatile because I remember back in the day with the Jets, they used to have Chris Ivory. You remember him, Alex? Mm-hmm. He, was a, Chris he, was a, yeah, he was a pounder kind of back, right? And they also had Ladanian Tomlinson. And it was obvious to opponents that when Ladanian was in, it was going to be a pass or they might use him out sure. of the backfield. When Ivory was in, they knew it was going to be more ground and pound, more punch you in the mouth. So what I believe teams need to do is, yes, everyone needs to be able to do everything now. It's kind of in the NBA, you need to be able to switch on all screens. You know what I mean? Sure. And here you need players that can do everything so that it's not a tell for the defense, right? Quarterbacks are reading the matchups and stuff defenses are doing the same and i think that to your point is very important you need the jack of all trades there in the backfield so it is not a tell for the defense so you know safeties don't start to walk down and things of that nature but alex what you know what were some of the big takeaways for you from the combine
2: <laughs> I'll be quite honest it's like the, the punter yeah i was just going to say it really is the punter um you know being the leader in the bench press but to that point like i said earlier in the show It's more for the player's benefit. So my biggest takeaway is that the Combine is becoming a player motivator. Ah. So, as a punter, you're sitting yourself, I just led the class in bench press. Okay. What does that mean for the career? I'm just going to be the guy who punts balls down. Right, you know, right, right, right. You know, right. i got to prove something as a punter who not only led the entire draft class in bench presses, but I'm also going to be a, 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 a motivator on the field. I'm going to do, you know, the best punting that I can. Maybe I'll become yeah. a field goal kicker, too. Who all knows? Right, all right, I Sounds think it's good. more of a player personal motivator, if anything. All right.
1: Well, we learned a lot about some of the players. And then we are going to, you know, the new league year. will start the merry round. Will continue when we come back on the other side of the break. I get caught up on the XFL. We talk a little bit about where I was the last week and a half. Come on back, fantasy freestyle.
0: Dailyrodo.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice.
1: You know what it is. Fantasy Freestyle back in the building. The has been Statistician is back. We'll talk a little bit about hashtag JamaicanMeMartinez in a little bit. You got some pics. Yes, we were dancing, having a good old time. I'm glad the stats overbeat Beat Stifer is sticking with me as we return. I ain't going anywhere for a while. So right here, you'll catch me on Fantasy Freestyle on the early line and right here on SportsGrid. Alex, I want to talk about the XFL. Um... Because, first of all, we've been talking about this for a while. The unders, it seems like, continue to reign supreme in the betting markets. So much so that now the totals are coming down. I mean, I'm seeing totals of 37, 39 Not this week. Not what expected. Exactly. So it is interesting that unders are still reigning supreme. And I got a question for you, Alex. You know how... I've been on the Houston Roughnecks. Remember this. Mm-hmm. I said this that from the was your beginning. Team. That was your team. They were my team. They were at plus 550 to win the championship when I got them at week one. They are now plus 185 and the favorites. Remember what I also said, Alex, that I thought this was driven by the two, the dual threat dynamic quarterback play of P.J. Walker.
0: hmm
1: Let me ask you this. Sure. Do you think P.J. Walker gets signed by an NFL team? Is he on the merry-go-round as well? For example, the Chicago Bears. What if they needed a low-risk option to try to push Mitchell Trubisky? What about Miami if they lose out in the Tua sweepstakes and they want to kick the can down the road? What about Tennessee if they don't get Tom Brady, if they don't want to spend the money to franchise Tannehill? Do you think P.J. Walker is on an NFL roster? Next season.
2: So so you go 4-0 in the XFL. That's all it takes to get to the NFL. I right? mean, this dude is the MVP
1: of the league <laughs> no, you're in my right. opinion, you're right? You're absolutely
2: right. He has, a, he has a case for it. The only thing uh, to, to counter that is what is it going to look like to Fair fans enough. if the NFL has to dig into the XFL's best team roster – To get a quarterback. I don't know. Uh, Is is that I mean, there were
1: guys from the AAF that then latched on to the NFL.
2: Does that speak more for the free agency of the NFL or does that speak more for the XFL that the talent is there?
1: It's a valid point. We'll find out, okay? But here's what I want to know. What has happened in the last week? Because I remember that Matt McGloin popped off with all access on the microphone and he was no longer the starter, right? But it sounds like we've had some other transitions. Like in Dallas, we have a new starter as well with Landry Jones is gone.
2: Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it looks like Landry Jones, he had a couple of interceptions. Injury, right? I think yeah. he had an
1: injury as well. Uh-huh. So you tell me, because remember, I've been on Houston. I've gotten him right. So what do I need to know moving into week five of the XFL?
2: One thing I would definitely uh, keep an eye on Talk are to me. these DC defenders. They were the powerhouse, I would They're say. They're fading, right? Fading immensely. Uh, week three, right before you left, uh, yeah. they got demolished by the Wildcats. And then when you were uh, getting yeah. hitched, they uh, got shut out.
1: By the Vipers Interesting So this is a good This is a good question Right because DC started hot Now starting to Fall off the Fall off the cliff Defecate the mattress Right Mm -hmm. This week They host The St. Louis Battlehawks And the Battlehawks Correct me if I'm wrong, lost week one, but have won three straight since then, including, I believe, like the first ever kickoff return for a touchdown. They got the quarterback, Tiamu, who's starting to do some things there for St. Louis. But the question is now, D.C. is back at home. Do you think St. Louis is built to cover a four and a half point road, uh, you know, favorite?
2: Well, actually, it was a St. Louis one week one, and they lost week two. Okay, uh, they got uh, they got beat by your three and one by now, right? Houston Roughnecks. Yes, well, everyone's and got beat. Exactly. Them. There you go, Houston Roughnecks. Um, but to that point, DC is home. Yep. As you said, uh, and these are the two of the best crowd. Home field advantage teams. Really, in DC Louis, they get loud for oh uh, Cardell Jones. DC they get loud for Cardell Jones. In St. Louis, they're packing it with thirty thousand fans. They're actually going to open the second deck mm. in St. Uh-huh. Louis, uh, the stadium in St. Louis. So it's like, it's it's amazing how quickly these teams have, have found their 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 homes, so to speak, in the fandom. Yep. Uh, but I would definitely keep an eye. Now that DC is home, those two losses, those two blowout losses for DC, were both on the road. Right. L.A. and Tampa Bay, two different sides of the country. Now, Ah, running.
0: now and
1: they're, they're home. home.
2: Actually, for home for the next two weeks.
1: And they're home, and they're getting points. Mm. Okay, so that could be a little bit of an upset special. Watch out for the D.C. defenders. And then also Houston, the team I'm on, you know, they're laying 12.5 now, but they are home against Seattle this week. And, you know, their total is the only one that's still up there at 46. Houston can score. Okay, and that's why I was on them. June Jones, is, his scheme is doing well. I I'll, I'll lay the points, okay? Until I see otherwise, I will lay the points, and Houston is running it up against everybody. But, Alex, after this week, we will be halfway done with the XFL season. All right, so definitely something to keep in mind. All right, a lot of people are asking me, Alex, you know, you guys are playing the music and all that fun stuff. We did have, in fact, hashtag Me Martinez,
2: Me Martinez Last
1: weekend, and it was a lot of fun. Here's what I want to do, all right? I want to first put up there, um, and I know I gave you some pictures, guys. I gave you some pictures for us to talk about. The first thing is I've been traveling. I do not have coronavirus, okay? I know the <laughs> antidote for coronavirus It's Red Stripe, and I had plenty of those down in Jamaica. It was one of the safest uh, places for coronavirus but you know Alex they had a um they had a earthquake there a few weeks ago a big really? one a 7.71 and it created a crazy tsunami between Cuba and Jamaica and I kid you not there was a boat that shipwrecked up on the beach right by the place where we were doing our wedding it just added to the uh, festivities, and it looked beautiful there. Yep, shipwrecked boat right there on the beach. It was a great landmark, so that was beautiful, So that right? wasn't anchored down, or that's just no, sitting on the that beach. literally arrived there about a month and a half ago. And it's just been sitting yep. ever since. So there we go. That's good stuff, right? And then here's what also happened. Check the weather-related. I thought it, you could take that off the screen now. And then um, there was a big—it looked cloudy, bro. It was cloudy and rainy in the morning. And I was like, uh-oh, wedding day. What are you going to do, right? But it beautiful. It, it brightened up literally right before we were going to start our wedding. It turned out to be perfect. Um, the people weren't too hot, you know, because it wasn't 90 degrees all day. And it really broke out beautiful. So here's some of the setting, right? Put up the arch, you know. So this is where we were. When we got married, we're walking on there, so that happened. Put take that down. Then you can see me and my mom walking down the aisle. You can show, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So I'm looking good in my suspenders, making it pop, right? And then there you go. And then after it you can show uh, you know, show whatever you want. Um Yep, there's a beautiful sunset starting to come on out. And then show me and my lady. You can show me and my lady. Oh, that's us at the rehearsal dinner making it pop off. You With know. the
2: red stripe in hand, of course.
1: With the red stripe in hand. I'm trying to battle the coronavirus, okay? And then, you know, afterwards we take some beautiful pictures. Yep, there you go for the wedding and all that good stuff. I got to tell you, though, take those. I don't need to see myself. Take those pictures off. Take those pictures off. Yep, there we are. Fantastic. All right. So, as you can see, it actually happened, okay? I got to ring the show for it. Alex, I'm going to tell you something. What you got? I was the scaredest I've ever been in my life the day after the wedding.
2: Really? Yeah. The
1: thought, day after. I
2: figured it'd be leading up to it.
1: Nah, you know, because people say you get nervous. I wasn't nervous. I felt good. I felt ready. We ready to go. It wasn't a problem. Okay? We're in Jamaica, right? So the next day, um, we're all chilling on the beach, you know? It, everyone kind of reconvenes again. And uh, we're on the beach. I go in the water with my goddaughter, you know, my goddaughter. Some of my newest nieces and nephews and some family and all this stuff. I got to tell you something. Anyone who's been married for a while, tell me what to do, guys. Hit me up on Twitter, at Spitting Speeds. I was petrified of losing my ring in the ocean, Alex.
2: Mm, petrified. So petrified. And because, reasonable. like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so I'm going in, right, and, you know, it's like, it's not slippery or anything, but, you know, it's, it's new for me to be wearing a ring like this, right? And so... I go in. Every time I go under, I check for it right away. You know, I got to check for it right away to make sure that it's still actually on my damn hand. And it was mortifying. I was, I was freaking out, bro, to the point where I literally went back into the sand in my hotel room, put the ring away because I didn't want it to slip off. And my wife was okay with this, bro. I was freaked out.
2: You were worried she was going to be upset about it. No, I
1: was off. worried that it would fall off uh-huh. and then I'd lose my damn ring literally 20, you know, 24 hours after I, I got I, it I on. I guess
2: the biggest takeaway here is the fact that uh, your lovely now wife yep. is not upset that you're taking your ring no, off. No, she
1: tells me she takes it off sometimes like when, they play, when she plays golf sure, or when she's doing certain things like that. And then I conducted a poll and I need people on Twitter, on YouTube chat, help me out. What do you do in these situations? Like one of these guys, one of my boys told me, Alex, that he, what he does is he has a backup ring. Like a little silicone ring or some cheapy that any day he knows he's gonna do something athletic mm-hmm. or something like that, he switches it out. Or on a, a vacation, you know, and that it's commonplace for people to even take their rings off when they're showering and things of that nature. I don't know, man. I what what do you think is acceptable? I know you're a couple of years away from this. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what. What do sure. you think?
2: What do you think well, I should I, do? From my personal experience, you know what a clotter ring is, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. ir- like the iris the one iris the hands? Ring with the heart. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never take my clotter ring off. Okay, but. To that point, a clatter ring is not a wedding ring, there. and uh, I was giving it to my uncle. You know, it's not like you know I had a fiance together. get. Yeah, a yeah, ring yeah for that it. makes sense. Um, so I think to that point, the wedding ring obviously takes precedence over anything. Okay. And but well,
1: what if I'm going to be like playing, uh, you know, football, flag
2: football on Saturday? I, I personally see nothing wrong with taking it off of the activity. Oh. I, I mean, I, hey, you already said it. Your 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 wife uh, is okay with it. She is, and that's the key. You know, uh, I'd be I'd be more concerned if you had to deal with, how dare you take your ring off every single nah, second? Nah, you no, know? no, well, let's put it this Absolutely. way. If she was
1: like that, she wouldn't be missing <laughs> Martinez. You know what I'm saying? Oh,
2: Hold on, we got a little in- advice here for you. What do we know. have?
1: All right, what do we got?
0: Dane, is someone that has been wearing my ring for almost a year now, Yes, I will tell you this. When it comes to certain things like going to the beach, going yeah. to the gym, yeah. things like that, yeah. take it off. I can. Take it okay. off. Okay, thank you. You are better off. Leaving it in your room, all right. Leaving it somewhere, leaving right. it somewhere safe. And I'll
1: get another little one, like a backup, a B ring, that like one of those silicon ones that I could put on, just so people know I'm taking. It's all love.
0: Yes, you can but, okay. do that too. Okay. Or you know, you could just go to somebody like, oh, I'm married, and I'm happily <laughs> married. <laughs> sure. You can just tell people that if if, if, if the subject comes up. You know?
1: Listen, it's all good. Thank you, thank you for the advice, Mr. Bavona. Thank you, thank you. But. Everybody out there at Spittin' Speeds, let me know what I need to do, and I appreciate it. We are, in fact, back. Here's what's going to happen, guys, okay? Next week here on Freestyle, we're going to do our Major League Baseball preview. All right, Alex? So we're going to go division by division. We're going to talk win-loss, uh, you know, win over-unders. We'll talk division odds. I'll give you diamonds and fugazis for fantasy. I'll give you my liens for the MVP award, the Cy Young award, all that good stuff, okay? And then... We turn it to March Madness. The following week, we're going to be doing in-game live. It's the first day of the damn tournament. We're going to make it happen. But the Spittin' Statistician is back in the saddle. Thanks to the Stats Overbeat Cypher and all that good warm wishes. I'm out. I give you everything you need to know about MLB heading into the season next week on Freestyle. Come on back. Keep it locked here on Sports Grid. I'm out.
0: dailyrodo.com. DailyRoto.com.